According to a new study, people's ears play tricks on them when they drink too much coffee. You know what makes me really sick to my stomach? Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Psychosis, a podcast which has nothing to do with coffee. My name is John and whoever you are, thank you for listening. Before we get into the podcast, I have to run over a few things. A lot of people email in, hundreds, weekly actually, and uh, in these emails they ask me, do you allow anyone to come on the podcast? Are you open to people coming on as guests? I hope I haven't misled anyone listening into thinking maybe I already knew this many cool people before I start the podcast, or perhaps people have been assuming all my neighbours were similarly afflicted. I suppose at that point uh, you'd, you'd probably be asking what's in the water around here, or, or the coffee, maybe. Hmm. I should stop getting so paranoid, but uh, yes. Yes, to confirm, that is okay. Please do invite yourself onto the podcast. You can find Coffee and Psychosis on Twitter. Visit our website at coffeeandpsychosis.com or email via coffeeandpsychosis at gmail.com. If you wanted to help the podcast out in a different way, you could leave the podcast a review. I'm not sure where, but even some kind of graffiti at the bare minimum would be appreciated at this point. It helps the podcast be more visible, I think, and, you know, reach more people is good you never know who could see that graffiti moving on and i need to do the responsible thing and preface what's to come with something of a disclaimer this episode is about me well the whole podcast is about me obviously i mean you heard that ego maniacal intro didn't you um this episode is about me going through a rough patch a couple of years ago i tried to be honest about stuff and uh if i'm gonna risk this podcast sounding like it is about coffee for a moment you could analogize my candor for, say, not wanting to hide the true bitterness of coffee with some kind of sickening syrup, which would hide the flavor. Do you get it? Like, uh, the bitterness of the coffee is like a facsimile for my bitterness. Not everyone's going to like it. It's a flavor. Is that, does that make sense? Is that clear? Um, I'm probably over-intellectualizing it, aren't I? I could just say the simple thing, which is I was not wanting to sugarcoat anything. Sugarcoat. Or would it have to be syrup coat? Or syrup drown, maybe. Can you coat coffee? This is the wrong podcast for this kind of conversation. The point is, in doing that, the coffee thing with the syrup, I talk about some quite suicidal stuff a fair bit. Uh, it's only imaginary, but it's quite negative. Although you know me and how I always try and turn that frown upside down, there's still no denying this isn't going to leave everyone skipping merrily down the street, especially when they find out I've survived. Whoa, that's bad. Sorry. That's just how I cope. And then also, in wanting to be in keeping with the spirit of the time I'm recounting and uh, honour my experience, it might seem like I hate everyone and uh, everything maybe, or like I'm some idealistically opinionated stubborn piece of shit, but you know, only some of that is true. What I guess I'm trying to say is don't let what I've done inform any decisions you might be making about anything. I say and do some pretty silly things like uh, don't sleep in a shed. Maybe that's a clearer way to make this disclaimer. Do not sleep in a shed. There we go. That's a hopeful message. Anyway, to try and make it a more easy listening affair, I've brought in Luke to play the part of the host. That's right. Be excited. And for those of you who might liken Luke to a syrup, 
and now accuse me of being a hypocrite, well, firstly, I would say that the syrup metaphor was always more about the syrup overriding the flavour of the coffee, rather than what I feel Luke is doing here, which is complement the flavour. Like a milk would, perhaps. And then, well, sure, you might say that some syrups can fulfil that same function. Then perhaps I reply, not the way the majority of corporate coffee chains are doing it, not to mention they'd still be using some form of milk. And then, you might raise your voice, both in volume and pitch, almost growling through your teeth now saying, I thought this podcast wasn't about coffee. And then, I would stop the conversation, right there, because it sounds like you're getting hostile. Okay, enough of this delusional rant, on to the next one. Hello, welcome to Coffee and Psychosis. Um, you may be thinking that's not John's lovely voice, it's, uh, it's actually Luke, Luke Sandifer, and um, we're, flipping, we're flipping the roles today, and um, I'm, I'm going to be like kind of like a host role, which John normally does, while, while John shares some of his uh, experiences. So yeah, it's a different power dynamic. Um, I power guess, dynamic. I guess I'm the the dominatrix, and you're the the submissive one in this sense. I'm at your beck and call. You can do what you want with me. Yeah, you get to get some revenge. Uh, yeah, I've got no hard feelings, but I might, you know, I might get in a little gimp suit or whatever. I'm I'm in charge. Yeah, I mean that wouldn't work so well on a podcast because it's a audio medium. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's so. just for us. But um, but yeah, I guess I guess you'll be te- you'll be telling your story in the same way I, I I've done before, and I'll be here to kind of like insert witty anecdote uh, in, like insights and comments while you uh, riff. You can interrupt me as well. Make sure you interrupt me and ask me challenging, insightful questions. Okay, I'll try my best, mate. But um, I'm not. I don't know how clever I am. Or wisecracks. Put some wisecracks. Wise I can do those. But um, we did. We lasted one, didn't we? Like about six months ago. And I was saying, I was listening back to the podcast that we've done and um, I listened to the first one we ever did back in 2017 and I, I seemed quite cheeky and full of life and it seems like life kind of, you know, hit me hit me, hit me, me a bit hard and I've kind of lost a bit of joy. So I think I'm trying to get get that back today, hopefully. Like um, <laughs> You've been worn down by life. I sound a little bit like, but I think I've matured a little bit as well. We can cut this. This is, you don't need to put this in, but, um, I could always make, I could change your voice to make it sound a little bit more high pitched. Yeah, you could do. If you don't come across as enthusiastically yeah. as you'd like. Well, I guess I grow, grow up a little bit, but anyway, we don't need to put this in the podcast. When you say grow up, do you mean you've become more, more accepting of the misery of life? Maybe that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but I seem very jokey and energetic on the first one we did. And I'm still quite a jokey guy and whatever, but um, yeah, I'm having like an existential crisis, I guess. That's a lot of what this episode's about. Yeah. Maybe I can help sink you further into one. <laughs> we're in Brighton. That's in Brighton, the start yeah. of our romance. Um, so yeah, we're back. Oh, it's the first time I've been back in about um, three years, but I went to university here for three or four years and me and John met here where we did the first podcast. You propositioned me. Yeah, I lured you into uh creating a semi-successful podcast yeah i uh we uh yeah i like found you in the woods just knocking about and i said john barely surviving john get up off your knees my my friend let's let's make it let's make a podcast stop scratching around in the dirt looking for me yeah <laughs> follow me we can um harness all this you know these um funny thoughts you're having and we can we can make it into something we can put on spotify 
It's only just recently gone on Spotify as well. I think there's been a wave of new listeners because of that. Yeah. Nice. I like um I like the um like the graphic, I like the, the coffin psychosis logo. Thanks. I did as best as I could do with my minimal artistic talents. That's okay, yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. But yeah, we we're here, we're still live, me and John. We're still doing things. John's got a a Gunners uh Arsenal track jacket on, so that's giving him some joy in this this tough existence. Where do you want me to start then? You're the host. I'm in your hands. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I was just like, I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> um, so John, so right. So you had, you've had a little bit of a dabble or a, when was this? I guess this would have been a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's about a couple of years ago now. I'd call it like an attempted sectioning. You nearly got sectioned and you had some kind of dabble with something psychosis related yeah i'd say it's on the borderline of a psychosis if you wanted to use such reductive language which i do yeah in like the man's terms it was psychosis terms, but yeah. it was just a spiritual awakening you know for you nah it's more like i don't know it's hard to put into that's why i have to talk for an hour about it yeah because i can't sum it up in it but yeah let's let's do it then so this was I, I think we actually met the night before yes i'm glad you remember we we met um in london and this when was this this would have been a couple years ago like 2019 or something that's in my bullet points yeah yeah and uh yeah we met and then I guess meeting me made you go crazy. Just fucking flip something in me. I just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> just couldn't take this guy anymore. I've lost it. But um, yeah, go go for it, man. This sort of picks up from the episode I did about myself on this podcast, which is number 18, I think. Um, so this story sort of picks up from where that left off. And if you listen to that episode, you probably can tell I sound a bit of a mess. What, when you're... Tell it, doing the podcast when i'm doing the podcast in that podcast i'm talking about my kind of legacy psychosis the og psychosis wait when was this, as I'm when was this it, podcast I sound like a mess when was this podcast done in compared to this like episode? the middle of 2019 and then but i met you i thought you seemed all right when we met at is it victoria station yeah you went to like a spoons there yeah yeah that's the night before they tried to section me yeah 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 but well, that's how seemed, quick it can go sometimes i thought you seemed fine then though so i don't i don't the veil got quickly lifted yeah go on go on then so how what happened so what you woke up and you were right when when did things start to like show up in that in the day well i think the whole year i got put into a bit of a context because that year 2019 was quite a stressful year for me stress is quite a boring word but I'm going to say it a lot. Yeah, again, the man, he wants you to say yeah. stress. <laughs> he doesn't want me to be stressed, but he wants me to be hacking my stress to maximise my productivity and consumption levels, I guess. But that year was, I think it was like a extremely existentially stressful year. I think I, was, I turned 30, which, whether I like it or not, probably made me think a lot about existence and things like that. 30 man I mean I'm not far off that now I'm 20 going to be 28 in a couple of months more or less I was just kind of pushing myself too much like working too hard being sort of unrealistic with how much I can do not really paying attention to the stress I was feeling I think I find it quite hard to recognize when I'm stressed and as a lot of people know listen to this probably realize stress it's that stress bucket thing they teach you about isn't it you put too much things in your bucket yeah, yeah, it's yeah. gonna overflow, and that's when they get you. They do say that bucket thing, don't they? Yeah, yeah. it's a really boring analogy, but actually, 
have to accept it. I think there's a stress level everyone can take before you break. Yeah. Okay, so it was, it was a stressful year in some senses, and then I guess um, uh, nature took its course. <laughs> well, like I think I was like defying my nature, my sort of primitive needs, so I wasn't like sleeping properly. A lot of early mornings of only getting a few hours night sleep and then going to work, not eating properly, like just starve myself during the day, which I got like problem with that i think you've had some problems with like i'm not a big words. eater so I, I i don't really eat much I, I i'll eat two meals a day but i've struggled with a bad appetite for a lot, a lot of years now uh and i get a really big appetite in the middle of the night so i just eat loads of stuff in the night and um it's usually rubbish like crisps and chocolate but um <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's what i do i starve myself throughout the whole day yeah and then i'll just like give in and have to eat some shit in the evening. Yeah, like my mum came down yesterday and she was like, there was a whole six, you know, pack of crisps here. Like, where are those? Like, I, I ate them all. Because <laughs> like, I wake up a couple times in the night and every time I do, I've got a good appetite. And so I'll have like a few packets of crisps and they, they add up. But um, The crisps aren't as big as they used to be as well. So I feel... Yeah, exactly. Everything's getting... Yeah, if it's funny you say that, the urinals here are really thin. What, you think people are pissing less? I think, again, they're trying to like... Limit how much you Limit piss. Limit how much you piss. Always got to get some piss in these podcasts, haven't we? Yeah. But, um, yeah, the urinals here are the thinnest urinals I've ever seen. Yeah. We could speculate further. But, yeah, yeah, my, I've got a bad appetite. And um, I guess it's because it keeps me in shape. Like, Is that why? I really? mean, it's, it's, I don't, it's, it's a shame because I don't really enjoy eating. I just see it as something I have to do so that I, yeah. I, I keep living. But I, I guess it keeps me in, in the shape I want, which is fairly slim. Um, and um, but it is a shame I don't think I'm doing it to be healthy or anything I mainly do it because lots of reasons I think it's just partly because it's hard to like eat when you don't really want to live in a way like it's like you're going against your urge to not be alive by, yeah. by like sustaining well, like, yourself I, I think it's like a kind of for me you know like an, an anxiety or a stress thing yeah, if yeah. I'm really stressed out or it's really hard to eat then you don't don't have an appetite I get a bit like yeah get a bit like a bit it makes like, me feel gaggy. sick yeah it's like so, trying to eat breakfast I think it's like a, a stress anxiety thing as I'm sure everyone loads of people listening to this can vouch for that like they're not alone in that like a yeah like when you when you're stressed or whatever or you get anxiety your, your appetite will suffer and I think that's why I get a good appetite in the night because I'm relaxed because I'm just like in the dream world fuck you sound so insightful right now do you reckon? yeah thanks yeah. mate but and energetic thanks mate yeah it's all come together hasn't it but um yeah I think well, like because maybe because when I go to bed you know um I think I relax or whatever and then I do get an appetite I know partly for me it's because in the daytime I'm just on and like it's really hard to make time for myself to do the things I need to take care of myself because I'm just like full throttle trying to get shit done. I guess the the thing with like your work is as well that you're, you're self-employed so there's no one saying you need to come in from nine till five and that's the danger like when I was at uni like I would work too much sometimes because you, there's no limit to how much you have to work. So you kind of think like, I, I, can, I may as well keep going because I want to get it done. So it's a bit dangerous in that sense, maybe. It's hard to escape the fact everyone's telling you to like work hard and things will get better. And actually, I know for me, as I'm sure a lot of people, when people, like, you're forcing yourself to work hard, things get worse. Yeah. 
Working smart and not harder, Luke. That's yeah, it. yeah. Or just live on benefits like me, which is <laughs> works for me. Just That's hard though. Yeah, it's good, man. Like it's, uh, I quite like it. It's, uh, well, for for now, but yeah, it's, it's I'm getting into it. It's quite. I'm just a drifter. I'm just a. I'm just a. I'm just a guest on this earth. That's like, good. Though. I wish I could be more like that. Like, yeah, I'm, we're all just tourists. Exactly, man. We're all on a journey, boy. But yeah, I'm quite content just doing fuck all at the moment and. Um, not fuck all, I've got hobbies yeah, and hobbies stuff. and stuff. But um Living's enough of a job. Right? Exactly. It's a full time job now. It is, yeah. But yeah, go on. So you were having a you were having a stressful time. Yeah. And not eating as well and generally work was, was hard. Fuck, this is some really good active listening you're doing. Yeah, no, thanks mate. And so um this set built up, you'd say. Yeah. I think like overall in my whole life I've always got this background of not in, in my head of like feeling really grim and like oh god i can't wait for this whole shit to be over kind of thing but like at this time it's like front and center in my mind just desperately not wanting to exist you've got to make a distinction between actively wanting to kill yourself in terms of like acting on it and just a sort of feeling of not wanting to exist yeah i get that i get that i get that man yeah Every time I get to the weekend and I'd just be laying there like a vegetable looking at my arm like, why won't you do something? Like just trying to will myself to move, just feeling like kind of paralyzed and exhausted. Yeah. And then other times I'd be like getting really angry and throwing stuff out, like loads of my possessions, just throwing them in a bin. I, I wanted to sleep in a shed once. So well, oh, my, you, didn't, you weren't allowed? Well, yeah, I wasn't allowed. So basically when we were younger up to about like in our early 20s we used to go to our like mate's shed in his, his parent, uh, garden yeah we used to do that as well I yeah that. where like uh you know we'd like we call it the shack have beers and smoke weed and play pro evo play, play fifa oh, listen shit. to music and basically our little hangout and it was fucking quality like and we we'd do that like all the time and uh it got to one night and i was proper drunk and and i was just like can i just and it's also it's, it's a proper like not furnished you know it's just got some old sofas and and i was like can i just stay the night in the shed mate i'm dr- i'm really drunk and i can't be bothered to move and they're like what do you mean we'd have to padlock the shed with you inside in pitch blackness with no electricity because we have to like open the doors to get electricity from the other shed and i was like yeah i'll do it just lock me in here in the dark overnight and they're like that's mental and i was like please yeah. I'm, I'm, not, it sounds more well thought out than why i did but um they, yeah, they they persuaded me i guess if i had worse mates who were like a bit like we or like they might have been like fuck it yeah that, that's funny but then i would have woken up you know in the middle of the night and been like Cold. i'm locked in a sh- shed in pitch You'd black be locked in which would be bad. with no electricity so uh yeah uh noddy made an escape from that noddy's my nickname for some people that didn't know but well, yeah i just stayed in this sh- in my shed it's like a a monument to my own hoarding and just clutter and yeah. just got like loads of shit in my shed and I was, that was the only place I felt safe for some reason, I guess. And sheds I just, are great. I think yeah. sheds are like a really... <laughs> I just buried myself in We sheds. don't have a shed at my mum's house, but um, yeah, I love sheds. Like it was, it was a great thing for us, like having that shed. It's just to get some alone time for the evening. Yeah. Probably overdramatic, made people worry about me and stuff, but something I needed to do at the time made sense at the time. Could call it crazy, as, as they said to you. But then that's what I had to do to survive that night. But anyway, those sorts of things were the things I've got a list here, like mad ones. 
these are when I know when I'm sort of dancing around a line of yeah. running up to being potentially sectioned. Like, was, I don't know if I told this story on the last podcast I did about myself, but I was doing stuff like there's these religious people knocked on my door and I would just go to town on them this one time and I like chased them off and like almost like followed them. I kept following them and like, like what the fuck? You're coming to my house. I'm going to follow you to your house. You know where I live. How come I don't get to know where you live? Mm. And like just generally being really pissed off by their audacity, Luke, to mm. knock on my door and tell me what they've got to say is good news because I don't feel it's that great. Mm. Um, yeah, you can't really go <laughs> like oh, running can. after people. I got away with it. Yeah. But I think maybe I was a little bit nasty to them, but also like there's a little bit of paranoia there where I feel like they're just... I don't see them knocking on mansions doors, right? You're not, they're not mm. going up to mansions and knocking on their doors. They're preying on the vulnerable in the poor areas. And then like, I'm in a particularly vulnerable time. Yeah. They knock on my door saying, oh, I've got this great news for you. Jesus is going to save you. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> if he was going to save me, why is he putting me in this mess to begin with? Like, if you even read your Bible, there's, there's a horrible shit in there. There's like racist, sexist. You don't even know. Let me just Google this shit for you and tell you. And then like, oh, we'll leave. Mm. I'll follow them try and reinforce my point you're not environmentally See, I don't know. friendly i think the following's maybe something you know slightly yeah, too aggressive a, to me at the moment i'm defending my what i know is sort of semi-psychotic behavior but at the same time it's in my head i can justify it at a time and now because they're invading my privacy i guess so but you you wouldn't do that now would you say like someone came to the door about jeez you wouldn't like go running after them i can't imagine it's not my house though, i'm not in my house yeah, and but and it, well, yeah. Anyway, so I guess you're acting, yeah, maybe a bit. But the point is, I wouldn't do that if I was in a less stressed, yeah, yeah, mindset. Yeah, yeah. Is the thing. So like, it's out of normal character, whatever that is for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, you said that thing. It's like just not giving a fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, people say like it's a good thing. There's something quite like that's what that was. There is something quite amazing when you when you see someone like there was a woman in a shopping center like a while back who was a bit manic and she was just like talking to one of us and like there is something like quite um, like liberating it, yeah inspiring about that confidence that people in like yeah. in a psychosis have where they like they don't give a, like a flying fuck about talking to strangers or saying weird yeah. shit to them like it's and when obviously when you when when you feel that. Um, uh, like yeah, it's it's a, it's a fantastic feeling. Like sick. I wasn't enjoying it, but it was good to just be able to like open up. Yeah. It, but I felt like it was open season on me, and everyone was sort of like pulling pieces away from me, like yeah. like had meat hooks in me, Luke, and mm. uh, all pulling me in different directions. There's no room. It's quite a horrible analogy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I feel like it's an accurate description. A bit horrible, that. <laughs> But yeah, yeah like, so it's open season on me. So I'm like, fuck this. Like, I've got to fight back in a way, I think. Like, well, see, so all this was kind of like happening even during the time when we met for some drinks at Spoon. Yeah. Well, that was just once, though. Yeah, I guess we only met once. But you seemed, I, I wouldn't have thought. <clears throat> I feel like I was a bit of a dick to you, but that's good that you don't remember. No. Now, maybe I'm just a dick. That's what you expect, but. I thought it was. I thought it was a nice little trip. Trip to spoons. I, 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 I honestly didn't think anything like another mad one on my list. I did is uh, queuing up. Like I go to the post office, just too long, just pissed off in the queue, and I'm like, "Fuck this! I'm just gonna sit down and wait, yeah. and then shuffle my ass along like a dog with worms each time the queue moves up." 
Yeah. And then I don't, I didn't even care. Like people, the whole crowd of people were, like looking at me, like thinking it's weird. I'm like, I just don't care anymore. But they, there is something <laughs> so fun about living like. And it made sense that, as well. Like, it? why would anybody stand here for 20 minutes? Yeah, yeah. it made sense. Yeah, it makes sense, mate. I think you did the right thing. I think you should do that more. Yeah, I don't know. No, I'm joking. People, yeah, that's the thing. Like, you don't care what people think of you to that extent. You're outcasting yourself to some degree. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes so much effort to try and fit in that you're just like, fuck it. Just fuck it. I did go to the doctor. I was trying really hard through this whole period to... Uh, be empowered by the phrases I hear people say all the time, like, talk to someone, or there is help if you need it. The support is out there. So I was trying to keep that in mind this whole time. So I went to the doctor. Obviously, I'm very deeply cynical anyway, so it's hard to be fully on board with that concept. But I went there asking for help. It didn't really help at all. <laughs> uh, I'm going in there. I know I can't tell them the truth because I'd be seen as a risk. Well, thing. It's interesting you said, yeah, I thought about this because, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, when they say to you, if, if are you having any thoughts of, of self-harm or, or hurting yourself or, or others or, or suicide, and they're like, if you tell us anything, we have to break the confidentiality. So who the fuck is going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking about self-harming tonight? You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's such a barbarically that barbaric is the wrong word it's sorry. kind of well no it's, it's, it's like yeah. a, such a strange system where they game. they say you know they say oh, do you have thoughts of self-harm do you have thoughts of kidding yourself you know and then and then they always ask every single time the home treatment came to me they'd say these same questions like a yeah. robot and obviously everyone's going to say no because and, and obviously the ones that say yes are probably so possibly I don't know I, I, I'm not sure why but you know and then they have to break their confidentiality or if anyone's suicidal when they say that's a, a therapist. They have to break that and tell someone. So, if someone's like genuinely suicidal, how can they get help for it? If yeah. they're just going to snitch, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So it, it's it's there's so many things that are kind of um. But that's what happened here. Yeah, so it's it's tricky, isn't it? But, so I go there and I'm like, I know they're just going to try and give you medication or like really shitty CBT that, like, frankly, is just hilarious. You do it with me. I've done it now. Yeah. Well, you've done the yeah, yeah, but you know it's like so patronising and unapplicable to my life. I mean, I think there's thoughts. there might be something positive from talking to someone and uh, having it depends on who who does it. Like, that's always positive to, but uh, there's nothing I've been able to y- use from it. Well, like yeah, talking to people actually for me in this story didn't work out so well. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we go on to, but yeah. So like I'm in the doctor's office, I'm talking to them. They're like, oh, have you tried medication? Like, I don't really want to get on medication. They asked me like six times whether I will take medication. And I'm like, look, this is why I don't go to the doctor. I haven't been here for six years because you don't listen. Yeah, and then they, they asked me that question. Like, we say, yeah, if you had any thoughts of hurting yourself or others or that, you said it better a minute ago, yeah, have you had any thoughts of hurting mm. yourself or suicide, blah, 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 that script that they have to ask. And I tell her, like, I can't answer that and give you the truth because I know what you could do with mm. that information. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, they asked me again and I said, okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, that was enough for them to tick her box and let me leave without you know, them getting in trouble if I did kill myself. But I did leave that feeling like, whoa, 
I guess that's why those male suicide statistics exist. Mm. Like, A, we're pieces of shit. B, no one gives a shit. I think, I think if, like, you could say to someone and be like, oh, I, I am suicidal, uh, genuine. Well, I'm sure people do say that. I probably said that to, to psychologists in the past when I was going through a hard time and nothing happened. But um, so do, I think, do be honest. Like, if anyone's listening, like, do be honest. Well, you just got to be careful because they get you into trouble and then you end up being more fucking suicidal than you were to begin with because the help's yeah. not that helpful. It's, it's, a weird, it's, a weird, weird, it's a weird system. That's it. There's so many things kind of um, wrong, with, um, wrong with it all. There's definitely an element of me being like highly sceptical and cynical and not having any hope that it will help and then that translating to actually not getting any help yeah. that's at play. But then that's all founded in the idea that they've not really helped that much and that they're assholes when they do try and help continually so it's like self-fulfilling prophecy in one way but anyway we digress stressful time and then what happened so the day after um we met at spoons yeah that's too too quick too more, yeah i've got more, more gas a, to fill in. you got more yeah, stuff yeah, to build up over oh, right. i thought that was almost the start of the yeah, yeah. so that's this like is probably like two months before no no i've gone to the doctors like maybe three or four months before that crescendo yeah, okay yeah yeah, yeah. so I've, I've seen this shit coming i've tried to do something about it like everybody tells you to go and talk to someone try and get help from the doctor and they did refer me to adult mental health services. But when I called up, they wouldn't answer the phone. And then they said, oh, you have to get re-referred because you haven't got back to us quick enough. Mm. It's like, fuck me. Like, how much do you want me to be one of those statistics? For fuck's <laughs> sake, it's hilarious. And then they, they, I'd keep ringing them back and back. I'm empowered by that phrase again. Like, you just need to ask for help. So I'm begging desperately for help, like saying like, what, what is, what is help in your, in your, in your view? Well, it's, that's the thing. Like, it's just impossible for me to imagine anyone that would help because the only help I've had is for people to like sort of lay off and not actively try and help me, but like more like support me, I suppose. Mm, okay. Like listen to me and not try and be doing stuff to me or for me, but like listen to me yeah. to begin with. And that's what undermines a lot of these interactions is that I just don't feel like these people are even trying to listen to me. They're following their rules, which don't fit me, essentially. It's the man again, man. I know, I, I can't help the being man. such a rebel, but at the end it's of the, the day, man. it the just offends just, my existence. trying to make us do all these things, man. Like I can't help it. I've tried to mellow out and turn into a conservative, but it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Fucking man, let us let us run through. But this, I like they fucking like they end up laughing on the phone to me. Like I'm like fuck. Like I'm I I really want to die, and you're just not going to help, are you? And they're like laughing, like mocking me on the phone. And then fuck, they said they threatened me. Like if you don't stop calling, we're gonna. What? Why were they? Why were they laughing? I don't know because they think it's funny when people are desperately trying to seek help for not wanting to be alive. I don't know. Cause there the, must have been something going on. That, I don't know. I feel like mental health nurses, because there's a lot of them, maybe it's generalization, but a lot of them have some very deep-seated stigmatizing views of... You only need to just look at the, the meme pages for mental health nurses and they're pretty sick. Really? Like mental health nurse forum. Yeah, yeah. They're like completely degrading the people that they're working with. It's a coping mechanism for them, but you know. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, I, we talked about nurses before and I kind of had a... Um, it's not just nurses, it's just there's so many of them and they take the brunt of it. Yeah, we had a kind of like, uh, I had like a meh view of nurses, <laughs> basically. I thought yeah. they were just doing a job and yeah, I yeah. didn't see them as particularly helpful, particularly That's the unhelpful. Thing. I just is our existence as, a job, is it? Yeah, 
But I, I saw them as a bit meh. That was that was my view. But um, it's a political. Answer. It's interesting. Well, tell me more about these memes and stuff. Uh, well, I'll put some links in. Maybe mm. <laughs> I'll send you. I'll send you the after. It doesn't work in a podcast because it's visual, isn't it? But mm. that's a side note. Anyway, so they eventually give in and offer me an appointment. I go to this mental health building, get to the reception. They won't let me in the building. They keep me in a reception and they eventually have these mental health nurses come down and take me to a side room in the reception. Not even allowed in the building, Luke. Mm. We'll find out why later. Mm. <laughs> but then they do this like mental health assessment with me, like blah, 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 blah. And I, I basically tell them like, look, I'm on the verge of something bad happening. And like what you're going to offer me is not really going to help. I already know that I'm coming here. It's not really going to help that much. And there's this Venn diagram where it's like not crazy enough, too crazy. And then you have to be right in the middle, the sweet spot to get help. I never hit that sweet spot. I'm either too far gone or not not far gone enough. Mm. In this case, I'm not too far gone enough. Basically, I draw that Venn diagram out and I'm like, is this, is this where I am now? And they're like, yeah. And then does that mean that I should just leave because there's nothing you can offer me to help? And they, they just say, yeah. So it's like, they're just agreeing with me that they can't help. I think not even trying. hospitals more of like, rather than like a re- rehabilitation, it's just basically somewhere locked up without knives to keep, <laughs> keep you. This like, wasn't even at the hospital yet though. This is just a oh, building, like an office building. I see. For the like community yeah. team. I see. So basically just say like, go fuck yourself. Get the fuck like out I'm of saying to myself this whole time. Go back to the woods. And then I go home like, right, well, I did try and get help. I guess those people lied to me when they were trying to empower me with the phrase, talk to someone that helps out there. Yeah, maybe get in touch with whoever runs those adverts on the ITV, which say like, speak out. It's funny that system, no system, that idea at the moment, that whole like, it's funny because mental health is like a big thing that people are promoting to seem good or for, or for maybe they want to at the, re- at the time, but they're not offering many solutions other than talking. Like it seems that their only solution to every mental health problem in existence is to talk. Who's fucking listening? And like, to who and yeah, about what? That's exactly right. Like, yeah. Am I just talking to you about the weather or like what the Simpsons? Like, what am I talking about? I'd rather talk about that shit than and that shit. We've, we've heard that like so many times now like on these adverts like you know talking helps and I guess that is a positive message and I find you talking can be beneficial talking to yourself isn't that is it then they tell you you're more yeah. crazy right but I think we've I think that message of talking is getting a bit starting to become a bit of a pan, like not what's the word like a parody now yes we need to advance the conversation we need to advance the dialogue oh yes it, it can't the discourse con- it can't continue indefinitely with an advert on ITV in between Britain's Got Talent saying make sure you talk it's getting boring now I want more solutions or ideas or yeah and at the end of the day like when people say like what would have helped like fucking hell it's not my fucking job to know is it I'm not positioning myself surrounded by all these big buildings with signs saying I'm an expert yeah got this billion dollar industry what the fuck are you gonna do yeah so you went to this place and basically your Venn diagram didn't work out which you'd, you'd, you'd well it did exactly what I thought the self yeah, prophecy you know your Venn diagram so what you back to back back to just kind of like chasing off Christians and sleeping nah, in sheds just kind of accepting that like 
there's not much I can do. For you, med- like medication, you're like totally against. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I mean, well, I have a certain bad reaction with, with, on a higher dose of antipsychotics, but I guess they kind of let you sleep and eat and take the edge off it. I would say. They give everybody else the antipsychotics. Yeah. Yeah, but fair enough, I guess. Oh, and then I'll just be the only one. You know, everyone else is sane again, aren't they? Then everything will be <laughs> fine, right? I'm hugely muddled about my views on medication. Me too. People yeah. can do what the fuck they want to themselves, too. but like, it's one thing to just cross off the lists for me because it's just too much of a gamble. To a certain point, I want to feel what my body is telling me. Like, if I hadn't have got, I want to be able to respond to what the stress is telling me, or the sadness, or happiness is telling me. Because how will I know how to make changes in my life if, and I don't think this is the case, I took a pill and everything in my head, my life got magically better. That would be perfect. But the pill isn't going to act for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I still have to change how I'm living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I get that. And that for me is like, well, I've been able to... I get that. Yeah, if if, say whatever you're worried about is coming from something that... um... You can't just take the edge off. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. I think like people say it with like painkillers and stuff. Like if you take a painkiller, I hate doing this analogy between mental and physical health, but bear with me. If you've got like a dodgy knee or something and you numb the pain, then you could cause it more damage because you're not aware that the way you're moving it is causing pain. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. You're not in yeah, tune it's with true. what's happening. You know, it's like people and like heroin like bite their tongue off or whatever. Yeah. You know, or... um yeah, you know, like when you go dentist and you get anaesthetic, you can like bite your bite your lip or whatever, and um, you know, pain is like there, I guess, as a way to protect us. I would love to feel numb, but mm. just not. It's not a good long term strategy for me. Right. So you've you're having some tough times, and um, hasn't worked out with the man and the suits or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. So you've taken matters into your own hands, and you're. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to keep my head just enough above water that I can survive, I suppose. And yeah, probably not doing a responsible thing and taking a break, which is and, what I should have done. But you're managing to work through oh, this yeah, period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's what I mean. When I saw you at Spoon, I didn't think there was you know, anything about... But... Yeah. I mean, I'm good at hiding it. But uh, how far off are we, the Spoon's... I say we're like almost there. Do you want to do the break now? Would you want to do break? It? Yeah, I don't really need a break, but do you want a break? I might. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah I might go to, to go a to break. the toilet. Time out. I'm gonna to go to the toilet, scream in the cubicle, and then walk out with a smile on my face. <laughs> no, we're back from the break. Um, gonna get back into John's journey in the um, avoiding getting section, like some kind of um, Tom and Jerry episode. You know, you being the mouse. And the man in the suits being uh, the cat trying to catch you in a net. Yeah, but I feel like Jerry, the mouse, won most of those. You, like the mouse, you've kind of uh, fooled them and smokescreened them uh, with their various nets yeah, yeah. sectioning. Well, I think it's important to reinstate that I was trying to go into these meetings with an open mind as much as my closed mind would allow me. You were like, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, mean, I, mean I, I, I could get sectioned if, 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 yeah. if you fancy it, but... If you think that's the right thing to do, no, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I, when I was having a, a, one of the times I was unwell, I, I, I said I would be sectioned. I said I would go. I said I was fine to do it because... 
I mean, I think I'd rather not be a hindrance to whoever I was living with. And um, and also, I, I kind of like the hospital experience, in my experience, because I'm usually in a good place mentally in these episodes. So I was up for it. I just treated it as a, like a big, as an episode of Big Brother or something going there, like... You know, so I didn't. I don't mind if you know those episodes happen again. I'm quite happy to go there. You meet a few people, you know. You're you got a much more positive outlook on life. No, I think I'm quite a negative guy. Nah, not with that sort of attitude. You're going to go far. Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I just don't mind it there as much. You've got to see the good. I'm told. Yeah, I know. I'm trust me. I'm pretty negative, but okay. um, I think, but. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I think when I'm in that hype state where I, you know, you have that have that confidence and that, and that you do and that happiness, I don't really mind that much. But then after a while, I get bored. When you have to turn negative. No, no, I just mean I get bored of being in hospital. I mean. Oh right, oh yeah, yeah. To carry on. Yeah. So what really silly thing ended up pushing me over the edge into like full-blown like really 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 this is the end um like my computer broke stopped working just died on me of course i got all these projects i'm supposed to get done all these deadlines and i'm like fuck i am fucked this is terrible i've lost everything i'm gonna have to redo all this work the computer breaking is a is a small detail that has huge consequences later on in terms of finding some closure to the end of this story. The computer breaking has just filled me with this doom. I don't, I don't want to sound like too much of a nerd about it, but so much invested in this internal world in a computer for it to just disappear. It's like removing the floor under you. So anyway, this is when I get to the bit when I meet you. That day, I think it's funny that you mentioned like when you saw me, like I seemed absolutely fine. I've been to London, I was doing some teaching, teaching some university students. And when I say teaching, it's not like proper teaching. Not often they'll let you loose on those students by yourself. But I was basically just being like the specimen for them to learn from. You know how it is. And I don't really like doing that anymore. I used to find it like somewhat fulfilling and having people like value what you had to say. But now when doing it, I just feel like I'm a performing clown or... <laughs> Um, I just feel dirty. Performing clown though to anyone. People hate clowns now. Clowns are way, way, way out of fashion. Can you name a clown? Steve-O was a clown. But he was not famous for being a clown though. No, he he went to clown clown college and then he he didn't work out with that. But it didn't work out being a clown because people hate clowns. So yeah, I just feel dirty doing that. Like I'm just, I'm just there to gratify others or like be used as an example or like blah 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 like inspiration or some bullshit and like just having to perform that shit over and over again to an audience when like they find it like amazing they're having a great time which is nice don't want to shit all over that but for me inside i'm like the fact that they're enjoying it just makes me feel dirty because <laughs> once you put that part of yourself out there those people own it now do you know what i mean even like doing some of this podcast Everything I say, I no longer own completely. So were you like having some kind of privacy to some things? Yeah, yeah, I think that's part of it. Yeah, that yeah. probably, yeah, that's that's very insightful comment from you. It probably ties into feeling invaded by the, mm. the religious people and stuff like that. Yeah. And the meat hooks. Oh, don't say that. I, think, I don't <laughs> like it, man. I'm a vegetarian. 
I guess. Yeah, but I'm trying to like forget about all that horrible stuff that happens to animals. You're trying to go vegetarian. No, I'm no. Nah, I don't think I could do. It. I think. Um, hey, look, meat hooks are out there. They're in me. Hey. They're in you. They're in your food. <laughs> meat hooks. Um, it's tricky. I, I reckon I'd be a vegetarian or a vegan if um, like everyone was doing it and we were all in it together. But I'd just be so pissed off if I was like with my mates and I, I just don't. And they were having like a lovely mac and cheese. I'd just be like, you know. I think I got worse stuff than meat hooks at Mackie D's. Stop saying meat hooks. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, got, um, so I've done this teaching. You done this thing that you, you didn't quite enjoy, and you, you you felt either that you'd done it too many times, or the process itself was wasn't fulfilling for you. Yeah, well, I don't. Yeah, it went fine. Like yeah, to everyone on the outside of my mind, I'm just completely fine and performed adequately in this circus as the clown. But then I come meet you, and then I think I get really drunk. Yeah, we, you know what? We have a fair few shots. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, like I don't normally drink that much, but you're always drinking, and you think it's like that's just what people do, don't you? Whereas <laughs> I'm just like getting fucking hammered <laughs> because I'm trying to like cover up. This I just deep think it. Yeah, pain. for me, it's pretty uh, unextraordinary to go spoons and drink loads of shots. But yeah, for maybe me, for like you. I've not done that since. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's why, right. I like, yeah. It's funny. It's a perfect Al- crime. Alcohol is an interesting one because um, for some people it can be triggering for mental health. I know, like it, it can actually, you know, definitely cause these things. For me, it's just kind of been this thing I just keep up that it's yeah, never yeah. really caused me anything psychotic. And there's there's been no connection between my episodes and being like a period where I was really caning it. So just yeah, chancing it with it. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say that it co- like caused me to spin out of control. It's just like something I wouldn't normally do if I wasn't trying to escape from this. But then, like, I don't even remember what I was saying to you, but I did I did feel like I was talking a lot of bullshit to you. I was probably, mm. like, complaining a lot. I can't remember particularly. I was probably giving you loads of unsolicited advice. I can't remember, really. I don't think it was that. I, I can't remember, really. I just thought it was a trip to the pub. We talked about music. Anyway, the <laughs> fucking journey home from there, horrible. You got, like, the last... So we were we was at the station, and I think we were waiting till your your last train back to Brighton. Oh, I didn't. Re- so it was at about eleven or, or something at, at night. We, you, we were waiting for the last one. We were at the station where Brighton comes from, and then there was like rail replacement buses like the whole way back. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I thought you got on the half, train. Yeah, I got on the train, and then like half the way back, it's like got to go on various rail replacement buses. Oh, far. Feel every single bump as they hit the road. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes those can be okay if you, you're in the right mood for it. But obviously, if you're like coming back from a night out, it's not ideal. Just, yeah, I don't know if we could call we did a night out. Yeah, not a night out, sorry. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't really sober up that much between then and almost getting sections, which is shortly to come the next day. You so didn't like, sober up, would you mean? No, because like, I hadn't really eaten anything. I hadn't eaten anything, hadn't drunk any water. Because this is still like, I just don't want to be alive. I'm just trying to find a really long, inefficient way to kill myself. <laughs> and like, wait, but uh, what, did you sleep? Yeah, I went to sleep and then I woke up. Well, and you didn't, like, you didn't, didn't wake up with hangover. You were still drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was still, yeah, I was just fucked. Like, really? just not in a really good. That's funny. It was just so I'm feeling like shit. Still slightly drunk, which definitely t- just turns into like a really bad hangover. But essentially, I'm waking up and I'm like, fuck, I do really just want to waste away and die. And 
I'm not going to eat or drink anything. I can't possibly bring myself to. And then my girlfriend's getting really worried, like trying to give me food and water. Just not, I'm just refusing. And then this goes on for the whole day and I'm just laying there like, let me die. Like that thing in Aliens, is it? Have you seen that? No. Where they go into the spaceship and there's all those genetically modified alien human hybrids that haven't quite worked out. I haven't seen any of the alien predator things. Well, essentially, I think one of them just turns to the onlooker and is like, kill me, kill me, (laughs) (laughs) to put them out of their misery, which is similar to what I was in, but obviously I'm not going to ask anyone to do the dirty work for me. But like, it's not a very well-considered approach to wanting to not exist anymore, to vocally say that you're going to starve yourself while just laying there inanimately for a whole day and expecting someone not to intervene and try and get some help. It seems pretty shit, man. Yeah. Seems yeah. like a shit time. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like my girlfriend, she, I think she rings up 111. Now for people that don't know, 111 is the NHS medical helpline. It's also a bus that goes from Hampton Court to Hampton and Heathrow. That, that is a niche but useful tip. Yeah, just in case you need to use it. Anyway. So she calls 111 and they're like, oh, okay, blah, blah, blah. We'll, we'll try and we'll get a mental health professional to ring you back. She's like, put the phones down. She's like, okay, da, da, da. And at this point, I'm like, it's in the air now. I can smell it coming. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know the signs. So I'm like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake. In huge contrast to how I'd spent the rest of that day, I'd like leap to attention and um, set, I'd camp, like start camping outside my window, looking, not outside, by my window, looking out, waiting for the ambulance to turn up. And that's exactly what happened. They didn't say they were calling an ambulance. They said they were going to get a mental health professional to call my girlfriend back to help. That's not what they did. So they lied. They send an ambulance. I'm like, oh, here we go. And then <laughs> my girlfriend calls here my mum. Here, here we fucking go. Exactly. Here we go. Yeah. And then get in the van. My mum comes. I'm like, oh, here we go. This is how it starts. Another, another sign. This is just what happened last time. Mm. This is what happens when they section you. Mm. Uh, and then the ambulance comes and the paramedics, someone let them in the house. I'm like, please don't let people in the house. I know what they're going to do to me. Please. I'm... At this point, I'm like, please don't get any help. I don't want any help. The help is not going to be helpful. I'm telling you. I'm saying it to my mum and my girlfriend. Like, this is not going to be helpful. To them, I can understand that's all they can do. They've heard the same messages as I have. The support's out there. Blah, blah, blah. But I'm feeling really threatened. The paramedics come in. I'm like, how can I defend myself? So I grab my this big light stand, which... To anyone else who doesn't know what a light stand looks like, it's just a big, long piece of metal that could be interpreted as like a weapon or that certainly I was using it. I had it just basically because I was like, if you try and touch me, I'm going to fucking keep you away from me. If they try and grab me, I'm going to fucking spear them out of my way. I'm not going to start the violence, but Mm. I'm also going to defend myself if you try and drag me away. They didn't try and drag me away. They just came in and asked me some questions. I stared at the floor. I was sat down, trying not to look too intimidating. But hey, I am a five foot tiny, tiny boy. (laughs) So I can understand them feeling really frightened. So they were intimidated. They said they were going to go outside and call a mental health professional. Guess who they called? 
Please. Oh, you know it. See, you know the story already. Yeah. So it's so predictable. Another lie. <laughs> Not the peaks. Yeah. This is worth the just rewinding peaks. again to say, like, this is all happening from calling 111. Tell me about these peaks then. What were they like? So, yeah, I don't want to be too harsh on them, but also I will tell the truth. Two police cars turn up. They send the big guys, obviously. And I'm like, please do not let them in the house. I do not like the police. So my mum sort of negotiates for only one of them to come in. They leave the bigger ones outside to make a scene outside the house. So if one knows there's a criminal in there. <laughs> uh, and then the officer friendly comes in, sits down, starts talking to me, giving me the old, I understand what you're going through. We deal with this all the time. So I indulge him. I say, you've been through something like this yourself. Someone's tried to section you. And he comes back with the delicious mental health stigma that you, you love to see from the police and exactly why they shouldn't be involved in these situations. No, no, of course I haven't. I wouldn't be fit to work, would I, if I'd been sectioned? I wouldn't be fit to work. It's like, fucking hell, what do you think I'm doing here all day? How do you think I've ended up in this fucking mess? <laughs> so I take that as license to just tell him my views on the police, which are like, if you wear that uniform, I don't really consider you to be a fully fledged human being. What what you using the police? I don't. I don't, really, mind, I, I don't really mind the police. I think I think they're often just like a. Similar. I don't like bullies. To be very simple about it, I don't like bullies. I don't like liars. I don't like the police. I think we don't, don't need to advance the discussion too much beyond. Fair enough. Like NWA, just set the discourse as far as it needs to go. Don't need to get too more intellectual about it. Just fuck the police, right? They're a gang. They act like they're not. Mm. They're violent and they act like they're not. Mm. That's the way they run things. That's what I basically just say, like very calmly, like I don't, I don't. I'm sorry, I just don't consider you a human being because you're police. You degrade yourself by wearing that uniform. <laughs> but yeah, that's my that's my opinion, which I'm entitled to. What about like a policewoman stripper? That must. That must, you must enjoy hey, that. look, that's the patriarchy. The police are upholding, forcing that sort of shit. Men's weird fucking fantasies, isn't it? <laughs> so he tells me that that's not a very normal thing to think. And like, you know, this is a great non-judgmental mental health intervention I'm getting from the police here again. <laughs> Telling me what's normal to think and what's not. But anyway, I'm kind of biting my tongue at this point. I'm not going to go all out because I know I've basically got two options at this point. Go kicking and screaming. Or so go you're, you're in a kind of like standoff where they've yeah. got the big guys outside. Yeah, yeah. You're talking to this guy. He's a bit. Um, uh, it's not going that well. He's trying to level with me, and he's he doesn't like, really. He's sent, sent in as like the kind of mediator, but he yeah. said some. He said he fucking said some horrifically discriminatory things yeah. to it. <laughs> so he's he's balls it up. It's a kind of like. Uh, yeah, he's balls it up. It's a, it's a comedy situation. It's a bit like Forty Towers. He's the Basil Forty, the Manuel. He's Manuel, say, and he's he's gone in and he's he's fucked it. Well, you got the big boys outside. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, go on. So he's talked to this guy. It's not really working out. The big boys are outside. Have they been sent in yet? Or no, they don't come in. Yeah, they don't come in. Yeah, that's what, you know. Like I take what I can get. I could have escalated the situation, which I was very keen not to do because it just becomes even more degrading than it needs to be and the fact that I was allowed to make that decision myself is like a luxury afforded to me that other people in my situation wouldn't have had afforded to them and like I think there's an element like if I wasn't white 
that situation could have been very different mm. and I could easily be dead because the police are involved in a mental health intervention when they shouldn't be. Yeah. But anyway, that's another podcast. So there's a bit of a negotiation come to the point where it's like, I have to leave the house and go to the hospital. Either I go kicking and screaming with the police or I go in my mum's car. I go in my mum's car, just trying to get to the end of this circus now, really. What's, uh, what are you feeling? So has it changed so from these kind of like feelings of a bit edgy and suicidal to coming into like a manic, feeling no it's just kind of accepting where i am and that like i've i've let it get to this point now yeah that i'm on the verge of like depending how i act i can be detained and have my liberty taken away from me which ultimately is not going to be good for me so you're actually in the car there where you're the car to hospital yeah yeah, yeah. taking you yeah yeah my mum took me to hospital i was greeted by security at the entrance because apparently, Luke, I'm violent and abusive. Mm. <laughs> As you know, like, it's a, it's, a, it's a podcast, so people can't see all of those black eyes I've given you. But they're there. So you mean what, because you were holding the lamp thing? I don't know why they chose to call me violent and abusive and put out my notes. So every time I visit the mental health services now, I have armed guards or whatever. Yeah. But it's not a nice... Yeah, I don't... I think it's funny... In a way, isn't it? Like, I don't, I don't really feel like I've, I'm particularly violent or abusive to anyone. If I am, it's probably to myself. But yeah, I could probably take you. Yeah, yeah, scrap. easy. Yeah, but like, it's kind of like <laughs> people don't know me. I'm not really like that. I might be like angry, but I'm not like I'm not abusing people unless they uh, abuse me. Yeah, I guess it's maybe it's holding that big weapon because I mean that. Yeah, but it's like a light stand. It's not like a fucking machete, is it? I guess so. Yeah. And I didn't do anything with it. It's self-defense. Yeah, like, I guess. At the end of the day, they're coming to my house trying to section me. What am I going to do? Yeah. yeah. Let them section me? Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, I've got this on my notes now, so that's funny. Also, a bit sad that that's how non-judgmental the mental health services are, is to think that's what I am as opposed to someone who's just reacting to them being dickheads. But anyway, don't want to get in too much trouble here. So I'm in the hospital. By the way, I still wait, haven't had any food. Wait, are you... Because I thought this was just a scrape, but you actually... You get yeah, 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 I'm in the hospital. Yeah, I'm in there for the assessment. I'm in the room uh, with right. my mum, my girlfriend, waiting for hours for them to come in and ask me those stupid questions. No food still, by the way. Everyone's pissed off I haven't eaten anything. No food. Yeah. Where's the food? That's the reason I'm here, I thought. You just want me to eat some food. Where's the fucking food then? <laughs> That's what's so funny. I'm like, are they taking hours because they're cooking me a meal or what? Yeah. But yeah, my sense of humor is kicking in at this point now on the podcast and also at the time. So I'm starting to try and crack some jokes with my mom and girlfriend like, but you're happy now, aren't you? <laughs> no, not, is that a joke or? <laughs> no, no, not quite. Doesn't sound like a happy joke. Just like, I told you this wasn't going to be fun. Like now you guys, you have to sit here with me and you're not having fun. Like, is this... <laughs> Like, this is really bad, isn't it? Like, you're not enjoying this at all. It's horrible. Like, I'm not enjoying it either. But, yeah, feel bad for you guys. You have to suffer this shit with me. And they're going to come in and ask me all these stupid questions soon. Which they did, and we'll get to that. Which is now, probably. But, yeah. To, you know the, the questions they're asking? It's like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Do you feel, the same things the that we talked about. Yeah. Fucking man. He's just always trying to... They're trying to tell me that I'm ill, essentially, and I'm, like, not having it. And then when I'm saying I don't feel like I identify with what you're saying, it doesn't really apply to me and how I understand myself. Mm. They tell me that it's not a philosophical discussion, John. 
you're fucking ill, accept it. <laughs> Essentially, that's what I did say. It's not a philosophical discussion. It's not a philosophical discussion. You're supposed to listen to what I say, aren't you? Like, if you're trying to help, try listening. At this point, I'm just trying to get out of there now. So they say, you've got two options, John. Like all these ultimatums I get given as mental health care. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you've got two options, John. You either agree to come back to this hospital every day for a month for us to check you're not causing trouble, etc., or you agree to be sectioned here tonight. Which one do you think I choose? Obvious, isn't it? The visits. Yeah, yeah. So I agree to this weird, it's like a psychiatric uh, probation, isn't it? Like I have to go and visit and check in. But yeah, go home, kind of sleep it off a bit, feel like a piece of shit, and then go back the next day. Two new people, different people this time. They don't remember what I said last night. Hang on, wait, you ended that day a bit quick, so... That's, yeah, so there's you, no real ending to did that Did you day. eat? Did you manage to eat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I had some crisps in the hospital from the vending so machine. You, you ate it's hardly nutritious. did sleep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Next day? Next day, I have to go straight to the hospital and check in for my weird psychiatric probation meeting and... These are two new people, so they don't remember what I said to the people last night. As soon as I go in there, I feel sorry immediately because one of the two people there to assess me is a young boy mental health nurse. And I look at him, I'm just like, oh, I feel so sorry for you, for what you're about to endure. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm going to eat you alive, boy. <laughs> in my head, that's what I thought. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm going to be the most difficult person you've ever had to encounter in your short career as a mental health professional yeah but i'll go in there go past the guards and then first thing they ask me are you recording this like, how why did they ask me that they're like are you recording the first thing we have to ask, they don't even introduce themselves say hello are you recording this how's that supposed to make you feel i mean you do make podcasts I was recording it as well. You were? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, they were like, can I just check your phone that you're not recording it? And then, like, the young boy came over and, like, he saw that I was recording it, but he didn't say anything. He should have probably said to it later. He saw that I was recording it. I stopped recording it. I did think I might have kept a bit of it. Maybe I'll put some of it in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll put some of it in the podcast. I think it's quite funny. Maybe just so you get an idea of the voice. But anyway, the way I see it, they're recording me all this time. In their little notes. Yeah, yeah. Their, just recording the information in their brain's enough. Yeah. The privacy thing again, isn't it? Yeah. Like, if they're going to record me, I want to record them. What, so, so what, was your, what was your reasoning for recording? Because I don't feel safe. I don't feel yeah. like they're honest. They lied to me over and over again the night before, saying they're doing one thing and then sending the police instead. Just don't feel safe. Don't trust them. Like, I record loads of stuff anyway. I like to keep a record of You're what's happening. You're not recording happening. this, are you? Fuck, I just don't tell you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's like, it just makes me feel safer knowing that this is being recorded. So, you know, could be used for training and stuff. Could be used for training purposes. Next time I try and get sections, I could use it. Refine my process, that sort of thing. But yeah. So the, the, you, you, you're coming for your... Um you 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 catch up and there's a there's a young young lad who yeah, yeah. Uh, you're gonna 
I feel sorry for about that. Yeah. yeah. And how does the chat go with them? So after they established that I'm not recording them, even though I was, they asked me those stupid questions again, and I'm doing the thing where I'm just shut down, yes or no, get me the fuck out of here. I'm just going to say not the truth, not open myself up to any more hurt from these people. I'm just going to yes or no my way out. So that I can't I can't bite my tongue as well complete like through the whole thing because I'm it's like only so much I can hold this shit back when they asked me one of those questions where it's like on a scale of one to ten blah 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 blah, and I'm like what if I don't want to describe myself with a number what if it doesn't make any sense to me can I not be a color can I not be blue <laughs> does that not make sense to you can do, I not yeah, can I not do an interpretive yeah. dance so exactly yeah and they say that that's me being crazy but actually like Surely it's crazy for them to think that everybody identifies on a one to ten scale all of the fucking complexities of human mm. emotions. <laughs> <laughs> that, if it's not stupid and crazy, it's naive and arrogant to think people fit into that one way of looking at things, especially when they're going on about person-centered care, listening to people, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Because when I say this is how I th- think of myself, I'm blue, I'm red, I'm a fucking elephant, who knows? They're like, that's fucking mental. Is <laughs> that what they said? You're they say it in their mental. face, you know, they're like, you're being difficult. Yeah. They say that, yeah. like, I'm being purposely, like, non-cooperative, which I was. But luckily, their incompetence paid off because nobody had handed over the note that said I had to go back there every single day for a month. <laughs> so when I left that meeting, I was like... Okay, so what happens next? And they're like, that's it. It's like, what? So I don't have to come back? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay. Just, uh, I'll just <laughs> leave then, shall I? All right, well, uh, yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah, 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 nice to meet you. I'll uh, see you later. So again, I'm reminded as I left the building, like, wow, there is male suicide statistics. <laughs> they're really working on them. <laughs> but yeah, that was the end of it. That was the first day of the rest of my life. Nice. Wait. So, and then, so I mean, you re- you recovered. Well, yeah. I don't think of it as recovery. Like, I just survived to live another day, and yeah. What, um, I think all that did was just sort of jumpstart my survival system a bit. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, this is what happens when you let yourself get to that. Tell me a bit more about like, the time off, like leading after that. Yeah. Like, so I was like a vegetable for a good. Pretty much between that point, November, and when the pandemic kicked in, I was just a fucking vegetable. I had, luckily enough, have people around me to like help me out a lot that could like cover up the fact that I was a vegetable to the outside world. Which is, what do you mean by vegetable? Just like inanimate, like I couldn't do anything. I could, I'd sit down and try and do work, and like I just couldn't physically do it. I'd just, and you're feel, like feeling really low. Yeah, yeah, just rather like, than kind of like no energy, psychotic, even more. Yeah, kind of I'm low. not like as furious or angry vacant in a way like had to do everything like really slowly and like build myself back up a bit more and your brain might be trying to tell your hand to move to the keyboard mm. your body not gonna let it happen <laughs> that's how it feels a lot of time like yeah. i'm just like a, a flesh mannequin like vegetable sort of thing just not really able to do what my flesh mannequin yeah. is here. again you do this imagery which is quite well, it's a, it's a bit scary. little bit close to the yeah. M-E-A-T-H-O-O-K-S. 
yeah. meat hooks, flesh mannequins. Well, mannequins, one thing, but that's like, yeah, yeah, man. So you're having a pretty, pretty bleak time, and then it wouldn't say it was bleak though. That's the thing. Like yeah. it's just what I needed to do to kind of like rebuild myself, in like a way that I could get my energy back, sort of thing. And like what I did, I went to Wales for a week and stayed in the hills with some sheep just by myself. And like that was really helpful, just trying to like care about myself. And like just look after myself and not have anything else to worry about but yeah. myself. Okay. And like that was I was lucky to be able to do that. And then the pandemic happened. Yeah, which was great. Because, which I guess was po- yeah. positive in a way. You didn't have to like. Yeah. Because then it wasn't like, oh, where's John? It was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every, the whole world was up in the air. It wasn't just mine. So I could Still kind of is. slip in. Yeah, exactly. So I just slipped back into society through the fucking back door. <laughs> That's how I see it. Do you feel better now? Like, what changed or? It's the same thing, like, just got to be careful, listen to people around you and, like, don't push yourself to the point of that again. Like, so, don't yeah. burn out. So, through the pandemic, what was it, like, a slowly, like, building up of feeling better or...? I was pretty much back in the game. Like, back in the game after... May, the, May-ish, after like, March, wet, April, the, May-ish. The cows. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But then there was nothing to be back in the game for, so it was just yeah. hanging around, waiting for the pandemic to be over a bit. But, yeah as close to normal as possible with renewed coping mechanisms like work hours <laughs> but not working yeah. like as long as I could stay awake and having weekends <laughs> it sounds like a pretty shit uh, situation um, and like a, a like a, a slog and a slog the right words I don't I sometimes I use words I don't really know but um, yeah, it sounds like a pain in the ass but you're still here you didn't become one of those statistics yeah. You were still luck, here. Yeah, it's lucky that I didn't. Yeah, yeah, you're still here to to meet Noddy, um, and I'm glad you are. The sad thing is, like, that's what people are going through. I was just lucky enough that I had people around me to help me. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think I get. Yeah, a conclusion we can take from that is as well, like the the kind of failures yet yeah, again of kind of like the the state uh, <laughs> NHS. What the man? Um, mental health services didn't really seem to to help yeah. that much maybe they did a bit maybe they didn't and maybe they didn't the threat mainly they the, didn't yeah. the threat of what they would yeah. do is the motivation rather yeah. than the help to not do you know what i mean like i've got the motivation to make sure i don't get sectioned even more now yeah um but let me just go back to remember the computer yeah, the computer was broken. Some someone out there, one person listens to this, maybe is wondering what happened to the computer. So it turned out like, oh, my girlfriend, she's really nice. She went and got it fixed for me. Like everything was fine. Everything, all the projects were fine. Everything got delivered fine on time. Blah blah blah. But when I got the computer back, the person that fixed it, they had to like reboot it and reformat it and all that stuff. So they had to change the password. Can you guess what the password was? Password? One, one, one. What? One, one, one. What, like taking the piss? No, like the fucking... That's weird. Like the helpline, one, what? one, one. Are you joking? No, that's what I'm that's saying. So weird. That's what I'm saying. And that, like, if I say there's any deep meaning behind that, they try and sex me again, won't See, they? See, I, I think I spoke to you when I was had in, in some psychosis things. I've had weird things like that. Yeah. You know, and it makes you think, and there is no solution or answer to it that you can get. But it's like when I was in one of my episodes, I was watching a Coldplay video 
Um, and you can probably imagine I'm not really a Coldplay fan. I've not really seen their videos. Anybody that likes music isn't a Coldplay no. fan. No, and it was, it was yellow. But it, I think it was a nice moment between me and the Holy Father because the lyrics are like, um, everything shines for you, all the stars, whatever. But um, my hand, because when you're you know, in psychosis, it makes your hands move. And well, for me anyway, do movements and stuff, which are out of my control. And it just, my finger like made, touched my chin like that. I made my hand touch my chin. And then the next thing in this video, which I've probably never seen before, um, Chris Martin touches his chin. Yeah. And there is no like answer to what the fuck happened there. Fucking weird. To be honest, I, I really, really enjoyed that when I saw that the one password had been changed to 111. See, I take that as something spiritual or, you know, as supernatural. I take it as how a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode would end. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, like from, that's what I heard as soon as I saw that. The music kicked in. That's like the first time I'd be able to laugh at something. That is so about myself. Me. And yeah, I've had other things, and it's weird. You know, these little things where you like. Yeah, it's good though, isn't it? And uh, if anybody learns anything from this, it's one one one. It's dangerous. Yeah, call nine 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 next time. Having no having your password as one 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 dangerous. Calling one 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 for mental health crisis dangerous yeah potentially although do talk to people the help is out there <laughs> yeah 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 that's it though i've i've spilt my guts i'm done I'm, shit yeah that's it that's it that's all i had to say i hope that was useful um yeah i i, I think um we've i think um what we can learn from this is maybe um some of the uselessness of the way that the mental health services acted would be the, the useful learning and we could learn from this maybe, um, which is often a conclusion which like throughout when I started doing these podcasts with you or, or whatever, it's always been the conclusion of the failure of the services. Yeah, I think largely, like, yeah, largely, yeah. broadly, broadly. It's not just on them. I think in some ways it's, unfair for the mental health system to take up all of this responsibility because it's a I, f I feel like once they're involved in someone's life it's they've already been failed the world's already failed them in a way mm. society's already let them down by not treating them properly or well enough that they can not have to go through this thing if you know what i mean like every time someone gets sectioned or almost gets sectioned i feel like they've been failed loads and loads and loads of times for it to have allowed to get to that point yeah. they have to do that to someone yeah um but yeah that's a nice cheery note it's to a end. funny one but um <laughs> i mean as i said i don't really mind being sectioned that much it's funny because I, I, I quite like meeting people and yeah you're more of a go with the flow kind of guy whereas maybe I'm like... but i think when i'm in these episodes i'm in a pretty good mood and, and a confident feeling as we as we said so if i had to go now in yeah. a sober way of sense like just as myself rather than this charade of a character where i become in the psychosis um i'd be it'd be shit it'd just be like a really horrible being hostel or something yeah and it would be shit and i can imagine you know if, you know if, you, if you're in a situation you'd rather go somewhere else though yeah if you're in a situation mentally where you're not in this uber confident happy mood that's slightly surreal it would be quite a sh not a fun place to be 
that's why I, I don't think any of the doctors would have said it was like a full-blown psychotic episode in their words we think they probably would have diagnosed me with like what they call it like psychotic depression because there's like elements of like not being in tune with what they say is reality and also like not being happy about it <laughs> which is different instead like you say like you're having a good time I wasn't having a good time. Yeah, nice one, mate. Yeah. yeah. So we had to go for Thanks that, for the hosting. Yeah, no, I think okay. actually, yeah, just to end, like you did a really good job hosting. Oh, cheers, mate. I didn't really say that much, but... Yeah, that's that's good, though. That's part of it. Like, mm. you might notice when I host, I say too much sometimes. Or mm. like, I take it, hog up to space, or like, ask stupid questions. You did some great active listening. You're like, clarifying things for the audience. Maybe that that's good. Yeah, maybe oh, I'll yeah. host half more for me. But um, Yeah, yeah. Thanks for checking in. And like, me again, lads, everyone listening, Noddy's back. So thanks for checking in with Noddy. I'm here. I'm still alive. I'm still I'm doing stand-up comedy now. Um, Do you need to promote anything? No. I've done like five gigs since um, September, but it's not really giving me that um, meaning and joy that I thought it would, unfortunately. You have to keep going with it. Yeah, you have to keep going. I, I just want to be playing stadiums. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if I've got the drive to, to graft. But I think, don't they say that the stadium's worse than like smaller? Yeah, they do. I yeah. think Apollo would be the ideal big biggest gig, wouldn't it, for the comedians? But we'll see how it works out. But anyway, I pushed through. I had, I had anxiety about doing it and I thought I'd never do it again. But anything is possible, ladies and gents. I did it and I'm doing it. And I've done, I've done five in the last couple of months. So, you, you know, keep doing it. Yeah. You can do it. Whatever you think you can't do out there, listeners, you can do. And maybe not, you know, when you it'll happen so keep going man keep going keep keep fucking going you, you there you listening have you, do you think you've got enough uh, energetic uh, yeah well, I didn't really say much but yeah I was saying yeah I was a bit um, do you want to pack in some of the end? some of the podcasts I seem a little bit um, down but I guess that's the nature of how my life works but um, we'll see how it sounds but um, do you not want to like load in at the end some like really like crazy energy or enthusiasm <laughs> Um, nah, I'd be right. Uh, we can just speed it up. We'll just speed it up a bit. Hey, yeah. thanks for listening to Noddy's podcast. Yeah, it's up and down. Let's uh, forget some. Yeah, but yeah, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. We're, we're in Brighton. Maybe we'll go see a bit of the pier now. Yeah, yeah. And... Hopefully, it's not raining. Let's... Yeah, shit. All right. It looks pretty bleak, actually. I'm pressing stop. Okay, see you later, mates. Bye. Has nothing to do with coffee.